It's Tuesday, May 25th, 2010. And hey, you've got Oz in your ears. I'm John McCain, and I approve this message. Drug and human smuggling, home invasions, murder. We're out, man. Of all the illegals in America, more than half come through Arizona. Have we got the right plan? Plan's perfect. You bring troops, state, county, and local law enforcement together. And complete the dang fence. It'll work this time. Senator, you're one of us. Complete the dang fence. You're one of us. Complete the dang fence. You're one of us. Complete the dang fence. Yo, Oz is, and our guest this morning, or afternoon or evening, because it's all a time shift, isn't it? Sheriff Luther Axhandle with the Sheriff's Report. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Bretman. I'm certainly happy to be here. As you uh, remember from my last Sheriff's Report, there was every indication that aliens uh, were everywhere, and the Sheriff's Department had them well under control, but that doesn't keep these aliens down. I mean the ones from outer space, not the ones from uh, your Latin American countries. Now, here, for example, on Monday, May 3rd, uh, at 3.07 a.m., uh, a man said his neighbor and his neighbor's girlfriend were seen peeking through his window 15 minutes earlier, and the neighbor had a flashlight. And the caller also said he thought the neighbor removed the screen from his window. That could be an alien. I, I easily, just want to point e- easy. easy. Somebody who came through where they hadn't finished that dang fence. There you go. And all that happened for the rest of the day and night was some trees kept falling down. They said a tree fell on a car in Crawford Road. Uh, there was a, 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 a small tree blocking Highway 525. Then there was a traffic light out. I mean, it was just a terrible trouble all there on uh, May 3rd. But then on May 4th, at uh, uh, 12.22 a.m., a man on Fish Road reported the, th- the theft of a chain and cross and a coin with a serenity prayer on it. Oh, that's, that's now, alien now, the vandalism. First thing an alien would take would be a, 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 a serenity prayer, don't you think? Well, sir? the first thing an alien would do to pixelate would be to drop trees on Crawford. I mean, I heard that and I went, that's, yeah, that's it. it. They, Outer space. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. And then here's the last item on my report for today. It was later on that same uh, May 4th day at uh, 11.45 p.m. I hate to get into this one, but you'll see what I mean. A suspicious man or something, was seen going through mailboxes near Wintergreen Drive and Deer Lake Road. He was in his 30s with a long ponytail, uh, uh, glasses, and a long green trench coat. Now, now, what does that tell you, Mr. Bretman? That says Venus to me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for the uh, that's it for the sheriff's report for this time. I'm always pleased to to let the folks know that uh, when they're looking for aliens, they just got to come to to South Whidbey Island, and and we'll take care of them. Okay, so long. This hasn't been a good few weeks for Tony Hayward, the chief executive officer of BP, or as we call it, that bastard petroleum. For CEOs in crisis, the playbook includes a proper appreciation of the gravity of the situation, a sense of calm urgency and confidence-building rhetoric backed by confidence-building action. So far, Hayward is zero for three. 
From the outset, there's been a sense that Hayward wasn't quite prepared for this and didn't quite grasp what is at stake. The Wall Street Journal reported that Hayward admitted that the oil giant had not the technology available to stop the leak. He also said in hindsight it was probably true that BP should have done more to prepare for such an emergency. Yeah, like not faking the statistics on the blowout preventer to begin with, not lobbying all those slimy sluts in Washington so that they didn't have to be properly regulated. Yeah, they could have done this and that. As the spill worsened, Hayward fretted that he and uh, BP (laughs) were its victims. Ah, he's the victim, not us, not the fish, the sea turtles, all the people in, in the Gulf area, all the people in the world, all the shrimp, if only the shrimp could vote. So he said, what the hell have we done to deserve this, he reportedly told fellow executives. Of course, Hayward isn't the victim here. The sea life, as I said, the sea itself, the employees who died, the fishermen are losing their livelihoods, the tourism industry, responsible drillers, they're the victims. Hayward should have been asking himself, what the hell did they do to deserve this? And what am I going to do to fix it? The private grumbling has been matched by public bumbling. Hayward has used unfortunate metaphors. Quote, we will only win this if we can win the hearts and minds of the local community, he said. Apparently unaware that hearts and minds is a phrase forever identified with the debacle of the Vietnam War. At least he didn't talk about his efforts in the Gulf as being shock and awe-like. But he will probably. Give him the time. And in a moment of exquisitely bad taste, Hayward said, Apollo 13 did not stop the space program, the Air France airplane that uh, fell out of the sky off of Brazil did not stop the aviation industry. Well, among the many crucial differences between Apollo 13 and this oil spill, Apollo 13 turned out to be a feel-good triumph of engineering since the astronauts came home alive. The BP spill is simply an epic fail. At other times, Hayward sounds like a Monty Python character with understatement that would be comic if it weren't so tragic. Here's how he recently explained BP's response. Quote, It was a bit bumpy to get it going, but we and we made, you know, a few little mistakes early on. I won't even comment on that. As the Financial Times article noted, Hayward was proud of the containment effort. Almost nothing has escaped, Hayward said, although we now find out it's 100,000 gallons a day. And here's the best part from The Guardian in London. The Gulf of Mexico is a very big ocean. The amount of volume of oil and dispersant we are putting into it is tiny in relationship to the total water volume. Yes, it's just a flesh wound. Unfortunately for BP, the irregular flow of data is undermining Hayward's cause. The New York Times reported that scientists are finding enormous oil plumes in the deep waters of the Gulf of Mexico, including one as large as 10 miles long, 3 miles wide, and 300 feet thick in spots. The discovery is fresh evidence that the leak from the broken undersea well could be substantially worse than estimates that the government and BP have given. You can bet your butt that they're bigger than the estimates given by BP and the government. Oh, that, that's a lock. That's odds on. But, the Times noted, BP has resisted entreaties from scientists that they be allowed to use sophisticated instruments at the ocean floor that would give a far more accurate picture of how much oil is really gushing from the well. Meanwhile, in an interview with the BBC, Hayward was saying, it's not possible to measure the flow from the leak. 
Well, for some companies, a crisis can turn out to be an opportunity. If BP had managed to shut down the leak immediately, it would have gone a long way toward limiting its reputational and financial damage. But as it drags on, the spill reinforces the popular notion that BP has a poor safety record in North America. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. And all the while, its CEO comes off as glib, wishful, self-involved, and foolish. And yet, he has still got a job. Well, Pete, the uh, the new TV season keeps previewing itself, at least it does in the pages of the New York Times. I don't watch television, but I'm certainly interested in what's on it. And uh, I'm very excited, as I know you will be, about the, the new uh, – well, the new emphasis on economics. Oh, good. Now, I don't mean on the part of the, of the networks. The emphasis is always on economics. But in the programs themselves, for example, ABC, uh, you'll remember, owned by the Walt Disney Company, announced that it would schedule three shows, not just one, but three, that take economic conditions into account. Uh, my favorite is a revival of a show called Secret Millionaire which Fox ran for a while, six episodes, and, and back in died. the late 2000s, it died. There's a reality series uh, based on a British hit. Naturally, we can't come up with anything except the Brit shows. And this asks wealthy executives and entrepreneurs to live incognito in poor communities and give away cash to worthy residents. That is sickening. <laughs> is that the most disgusting idea for a television show you have ever heard in your life? It's, it's, I love, you know, it's the one that said, Ryan Seacrest will pay your rent. One of those yeah. billboards. I'm waiting for, yeah, what? All you have to do is, is, is walk around the streets upside down in a duck suit and be recognized by Ryan Seacrest's simulcrum, and you've got your rent paid. So well, that's only one of the shows. Now, there's one called, there's all on, on Disney, right? Off the Map. And that's an hour-long medical drama yeah. uh, that uh, they're going to introduce in the mid-season. It's about idealistic doctors who leave the United States, <laughs> you got a connection already there, to work at a clinic in South America, where there's a lot more coke, I think, down there. And their third one is... And no unions. And no unions. So it's much easier and to no shoot unions. the show. Yeah. yeah, right. And there's a new police drama called Detroit 187. I, I think, think that's what you dial instead of... Help, I think, in Detroit. To do what? What's that number again, honey? I don't know. Eight five three one eight seven one eight seven. That's a lucky that. number. I hit that number okay. just recently. Yeah, let's dial. Let's dial that number. Well, uh, so they got these. Uh, they got a homicide unit in the city that has the worst homicide record in the United States. Right? These guys are. It's it's called the overworked cop show. Right. So that's what's happening to help with the economics. I want to make this clear. We've got millionaires who are going into slums and giving people rent money. Yeah, yeah. And we got that followed by doctors who are le- idealistic ones yeah. who are leaving the states. Doctors without borders. <laughs> doctors, I mean, without, without any sense of self. Doctors without conscience. Yeah. Doc- and, then, uh, and, then, and then we got, uh, then we got Detroit. So yeah. we can all go to some pathetic little American town. And you know what's going to happen there right. in this in this bedeviled city where, you know, where the slum. unemployment is 27 percent amongst African-Americans. What's going to happen there, David? ABC is going to take their cameras in and they're going to be a lot of people making lunches for the actors.